0: Friday with a nylon string Yamaha, the trusty go-to. I love it. Welcome back to episode number 16 of the Honeycut Scenario with me, Craig, my 10 to 15-minute coffee replacement podcast with you, my friends, and some acquaintances, and some strangers to talk about some things that are uh, interesting to me, some things that are on my mind, something to... uh help me think through things and uh, conversations I would have with people if I sat down with them and had a cup of coffee. Um today I'm actually drinking hop lark water, sparkling water, which is a very fascinating non-alcoholic drink. Um so I'm kind of stoked with it. It's fancy. Um okay, cool. So, uh kind of jumping into it here, uh I like to do a little weather report from here on the Outer Banks because the weather is always changing. Uh it's been gorgeous. I'm not going to lie to you. The autumn has been fantastic. It got a little cooler this week again, and it was awesome to feel. It's awesome to see the clouds change and the ocean change. And uh, I am just returning from a a walk, and it's gorgeous out right now. It's kind of warm, so uh, totally stoked. The full moon had a lot of energy. We got to watch the moon come up over the ocean. So totally grateful there. Um, and then I also too like to uh, I notes from the pool because I I swim early in the mornings and I uh, I'm training right now, and uh, the lifeguard who works at like six in the morning she plays great music in the indoor pool and as I was swimming I was hearing this beautiful simple folk Americana stuff I'd go under the water and come up and hear it. it's like violin and uh, I asked her about it it's a group called Watch House. Out of Durham, it's a husband and wife team. So, uh, check them out on Spotify. I really like their sound. Kind of stoked to have discovered it whilst swimming at dawn. Um, and then uh, today, uh, the topic is about yoga and addiction recovery trauma, uh, and it's a bit of a stretch. So, I've did so, I've done some. I'm talking with some people, and I've done a little bit of research, so always check my facts. I try to be as accurate as possible. This is not a deep dive, but this is something that sort of I've been thinking about for a little bit of time. Um, So I uh, started to become a serious practitioner of yoga in 2010. Uh, In 2015, I got my 200-hour yoga certification through Outer Banks Yoga um, through the great Ann Howard, who is a wonderful, wonderful yoga teacher. Um, and I was uh, teaching yoga for a handful of years, and uh, I encountered something called uh, trauma-informed yoga and how yoga is used as a technique to help people deal with long-term trauma. And it, it makes sense, right? Because it's like yoga is something that helps you with sobriety and trauma, and it's good for your wellness. Um, but I started to do a little bit more of a deep dive on that, and there's a guy named Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. Uh, who wrote a book, bu- a book called The Body Keep Score, who is uh, a leading light in the uh, study of psychological trauma. And he's up in Boston. And there's actually a whole training around trauma informed. It's trauma center, trauma informed yoga. So it's a, it's a deep program on how to teach yoga for people who have sustained long term trauma. Um, and there's all kinds of thinking around it and just the evolution of it. And it's a really fascinating subject for me. So I became very interested in it. And, um, just, you know, for you know, transparency sake, I am 8.5 years sober, uh, a little bit more than that. Um, so my time in the music industry, I had uh, picked up some habits that I needed to deal with. So I have, um, some of that adventure under my belt. So I'm always looking for ways to make myself better, to heal any past wounds, to try to figure out how not to be an asshole in this world. Um, so trauma-informed yoga was something I found very interesting because I really feel like the trauma is the devil's playground out in the world, right? And I know that trauma, people talk about it a lot and, and you know, it's, language is kind of hard and, you know, p- people speaking their truth versus the truth. We talked a little bit about that, but it's something that's very interesting to me. And so I was interested in the bigger training program, but having a young daughter and just being very busy, I had to kind of break it down into something a little more simple. And I discovered, uh, yoga for 12 step recovery. And I didn't know that that was a thing. And I, I thought like, well, that's interesting. Cause I, you know, I didn't really like the 12 steps weren't really the thing that I totally embraced, but I'd know about the 12 steps through AA and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, so I decided to learn about the 12 steps and get trained in yoga for 12 step recovery. Cause I feel like that would be a good skill to have. And, you know, if I can be a service to people who are suffering from addiction, for sure, that's a good thing. So I went to Raleigh, uh, in summer of 2017, 18. And I, I took a course with Dana Walters, who is, uh, a teacher of Y12SR and she's based out of Richmond, but we did work in Raleigh with a group of people. And one of the things that we were asked to do was to write down, uh, are three most important things. And so I wrote down family, uh, my family. And second thing was health. So that's physical, mental, and spiritual. And my third thing was the ability to create and to connect. And the reason why I bring that up is that this podcast is part of that third thing. And so me kind of exploring how to do that as a musician, as somebody who works in digital marketing, who helps people solve problems, who has taught yoga and you know all kinds of things that I'm involved in. So that's why I brought that part up. Um, and then in the training for Yoga for 12 Step Recovery, I actually learned some stuff that I found very, very interesting. And, and I'm going to weave this into a little bit of what I talk about on a larger level. But um, I learned about the history of the 12 steps that came from AA and the connection to yoga. So I'm going to go back a little bit to, um, you know, AA was, I think, founded in the 30s by Bill W. Uh, and another few people once again i think it's bill and bob but um there was uh the origins from what i uh, have remembered and what i read about is um there was a, a dude who had a serious drinking problem named roland h who went and saw the great psychologist carl jung and carl jung was just like you have no hope except if you can deal with whatever ails you spiritually there's nothing medical or psychological I can do for you. You're screwed unless you figure out what's at the core in your spirit. So he said, go to the Oxford group. And the Oxford group uh, is a group that had uh, formed—it's like a kind of like a spiritual research group that was steeped in Western ideals and kind of Judeo-Christian principles. And uh, they started to kind of work on the core of of AA, and that's where Bill W. kind of came into the group. And— he uh, also was uh, interested and was uh, connected to the Theosophical Society, which is another group of like a spiritual research group that was uh, has very interesting um, background and history. So I kind of learned about theosophy from my Aikido teacher in Los Angeles, Kaz Nishita. Um And so the, the Theosophical Society was founded in 1875 here in the United States by— um, a Russian noblewoman named Helen Blavatsky, I think that's probably what her name is. Hopefully, I'm saying it. So, Helen, if I got it wrong, sorry. Um, and she's the first Russian to become a U.S. citizen. And uh, so, it's it's a it's in a society in search of ancient knowledge through comparative religious studies, right? So, it's like searching for the truth, searching for that ancient knowledge, but looking at a wide variety of systems. And the first president of the Theosophical Society. Um, Who helped form it was this guy, Colonel Olcott, who um, had been in the Civil War, had investigated corruption in the Civil War, had investigated the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, and was an international agricultural badass and a lawyer. And at some point, not long after their formation, the Theosophical Society moved to India. So they started to study Eastern Philosophies, And this is where Bill W. kind of comes in because he started to look at that lens and kind of stumbled across the Vedas, um, which are these old ancient teachings over there that are connected to yoga philosophy. And uh, I, I was told by a friend of mine that the Vedic method of inquiry like, led to some of the early parts of the 12 steps. So there's that lineage and that connection through that exploration of the founding members of AA through – You know, Western spirituality, but also the Eastern spirituality, which is really interesting because it's like looking at what's underneath something that, you know, if you know somebody who's in recovery and they talk about the 12 steps in AA, people just assume there's like this Christian bent to it all. And um, and there is some truth to that, but there's this whole other thing, and I found it fascinating that through the lens of yoga... There was actual like uh, philosophical lineage to the healing power of this really beautiful practice, the you know yoga practice, using your body, using your practice to make yourself better and to learn like what's true about yourself. So you, when you speak your truth, it's more of the truth. And um, what's even more interesting is reading the. Um, uh, book, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan, who does a great job of talking about the history of psychedelics in the United States, um, Bill W., uh, one of the founders of AA, uh, discovered LSD in the 50s and uh, it was being used to treat alcoholism. And initially it was used because people tripping, they were like, oh, they're having this like insane episode, which is a lot like the DTs when you come off alcohol. So what it'll do is it'll be like the DTs and it'll scare people into not drinking. But what they discovered was, is that even if people had a bad trip, they came back with spiritual learning. So Bill W. went in thinking like, oh, it's going to induce insanity. So I need to learn about this. And, um, what he discovered is he took LSD as, you know, one of the founding members of AA and had been sober. And he took it with some people, um, who were like leading some of the research. And he was like, this could be a very powerful tool to help alcoholics. And apparently he actually went to the board of AA at the time and said, hey, I think LSD could be a very powerful tool to get people off alcohol and get them help them get and stay sober. And the AA board was like, oh, hell no, we're not going to do that at all. Um, so I find it interesting that there's this yoga connection to the 12 steps through Eastern philosophy, the Theosophical Society, the Oxford group, and the lineage of someone like a Bill W., who was a, a seeker discovered uh, psychedelic therapy, which in today's society is starting to show itself to be very helpful for work- healing trauma like a lot of veterans are starting to do to work with it. There's real research around it and that you know that is also connected to addiction because trauma and addiction are very much uh, dance partners on the floor of suffering. Um, So I find that to be very interesting because in the study of yoga, um, it's like looking underneath things, like getting to the core of the things underneath the things, you know, and and Richard Freeman, who's a very famous yogi here in America, um, in one of his lectures I listened to, he talked about like yoga is like the – like learning about the patterns that patterns make, which I found to be very interesting because to me that sounds psychedelic on some level. Um, And, you know, part of this theme of this podcast is trying to figure out how to just sort of stay sane in this modern world and to just talk about things that are interesting as we learn so much at an accelerated rate. And I was, in terms of the patterns that patterns make, I was thinking about something that occurred uh, just working recording music that I'd had some software issues and the fix was so weird. I was like, you know, in digital marketing, which is something we all touch on. We all touch on the digital realm. The digital realm is totally psychedelic in that it is ever expansive at an accelerating rate. And I felt like this fix that I had on my computer, I was like, gosh, it's like looking for a needle in the haystack If the haystack was constantly making more haystacks and the needle was constantly making more needles and you were actually looking for the right needle in the right haystack, I feel like so many people feel that way. And that sense of overwhelm in life can lead to addiction and alcoholism. And uh, there are these tools we have like yoga which has this lineage, which is a lot more interesting and rich and connected to things than sometimes that we let on. Um, So I just, I wanted to explore that. I wanted to articulate it a little bit. And uh, that's all I have for you today. Uh, Because this was kind of a lot on the research tip. I think I'm going to play a full song next week. Um, So on that note, I want you to be good to yourself and have a beautiful weekend.